0: Hello, this is Ayush from NewsLaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, December 31st, and for the first time since the farmer protests, the Narendra Modi government said there had been mutual consensus on two of the four demands raised by the farmer unions. The centre agreed to decriminalise stubble burning by excluding farmers from the ambit of the commission for the air quality management in national capital region and adjoining areas ordinance 2020 and drop those provisions of the draft electricity amendment bill 2020, which are intended to change the existing mode of subsidy payment to consumers. There was no headway on the demands to repeal the three newly enacted farm laws and provide legal guarantee on the MSP or the minimum support price. These will be discussed when the two sides meet again next week that is on January 4th. Emerging from the meeting, Union Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar said that there had been mutual consensus between the government and farmer unions on two of the four issues that union leaders placed for discussion at the meeting today. A ministerial committee headed by Tomar and also comprising Food Minister Piyush Goyal and Minister of State for Commerce and Industry, Son Prakash, represented the government side in the talks, while the farmer unions sent 41 representatives. This time, the addition was the 41st representative, BKU General Secretary Yaduvir Singh Malik. The Kerala Assembly today passed a resolution against the three contentious central farm laws with the support of both LDF and UDF legislators. Chief Minister Pineri Vijayan had, in a one-hour special session convened only to discuss the farmers' issue, moved the resolution in the Assembly against the laws, over which the farmers have been protesting at the doorstep of the national capital for over a month now. Lone BJP MLA Olanchari Rajgopal had opposed the resolution, but it is not clear if he voted against it. Moving the resolution demanding the immediate repeal of the new laws, Vijayan said the country was now witnessing one of the most iconic protests by the farmers. He alleged that the agriculture laws passed in parliament were not only anti-farmer, but also pro-corporate, and that at least 32 farmers have died during the protests so far. He said that the center had come up with the legislations at a time when the farm sector was facing challenges, as a result of which the farmers were anxious they would lose even the present support price. Early in October, Punjab chief minister had presented a draft resolution in the state assembly against the anti-farmer laws with an appeal to all parties to rise above political interests in the spirit of saving the state. Mounting pressure on the Congress government in Punjab, Reliance Geo wrote to Chief Minister Captain Amrinder Singh yesterday with the telecom giant seeking his intervention for action against those responsible for the incidents of sabotage and vandalism of its mobile towers. The letter comes two days after Amrinder directed the police to take strict action against those indulging in vandalism. In the letter to CM, Tajinder Pal Singh Walia, state head of Reliance Geo Infocom Punjab Circle, flagged the acts of sabotage and vandalism at its network sites, quote, by unknown persons in the disguise of ongoing farmer's agitation," unquote. The letter comes at a time when the farmers protesting against three new farm laws have been vandalizing telecom Tars in Punjab under the belief that they are owned by Mukesh Ambani, whom they consider along with tycoon Gautam Adani as major beneficiaries of the new laws. However, the ownership of the 9,000 towers in Punjab and elsewhere in the country lies with the Canadian firm Brookfield with Jio having a long-term anchor-tenant relationship. Earlier this year, a Brookfield-led team completed a 25,000 crore rupees deal to buy out Reliance Jio's arm. The farmer protests in Punjab, Haryana and Delhi did not just contain economic and political aspects, but also a media one. Earlier this month, my colleague Nidhi Suresh reported on what the farmers made of certain sections of the mainstream media. But since we are now on the cusp of a new year, Anna Darshani and Supriti David at News Laundry spoke to journalists in the Indian media, like Ravish Kumar, Supriya Nair, and Josie Joseph, about its ups and downs. You can read their report on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Looking Back 2020, Journalists on Their Highs, Lows, and Hopes for Indian Media. Also, this year, if you like the ground reports from across the country and our journalism on the Indian media, please do consider subscribing to News Laundry. You can do so by heading over to our website and clicking on the red subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Our cheaper subscription costs only 300 rupees a month. So please extend your support to independent media and pay to keep news free. The Andhra Pradesh High Court yesterday observed that the recent transfer of Chief Justices of High Courts of Andhra Pradesh and Telangana would delay proceedings in the Three Capitals case and the CBI cases pending against Chief Minister YS Mohan Reddy, giving him an undue advantage. The scathing observation was made by Justice Rakesh Kumar while rejecting an application moved by the Andhra Pradesh government to recuse himself from a case involving the sale of government land in Guntur and Vishakapatnam districts. Justice Kumar also observed that the Andhra Pradesh High Court and the Supreme Court is under attack by those in power. In an unprecedented move, the Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister on October 6th had written to Chief Justice of India, CGI S. A. Bobble alleging that the State High Court was being used to destabilize and topple his democratically elected government. Andhra Pradesh High Court's Chief Justice, J.K. Maheshwari, was transferred to the Sikkim High Court weeks after the letter to the CGI. The judge also observed that there should be transparency in the SC Collegium orders. In a direct attack against Chief Minister Jagan Mohan Reddy, Justice Rakesh Kumar stated that he Googled to know about the cases against him. Justice Rakesh Kumar also attached several articles about the CBI cases against the Chief Minister to his order and gave details of all the CBI and enforcement-directed cases against him. The United Kingdom drug regulator cleared the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine for use yesterday, making it very likely that Covishield, the variant of the vaccine being tested and manufactured under license, by Pune-based Serum Institute of India will become the first vaccine to be approved for use in this country. A final decision on the clearance is likely to come by the end of this week. The Indian Express reported that following the not for the vaccine in the UK, a subject expert committee or an SEC of the Indian regulator was considering a request from the SII for similar approval in India under emergency circumstances. Hyderabad-based Bharat Biotech, which has developed Covaxin, its own candidate vaccine against novel coronavirus, was learned to have also made a presentation before the Independent Expert Committee on Wednesday to push for emergency approval. The SEC was unable to come to a decision on the matter by Wednesday evening, and has decided to reconvene in the new year to finish its deliberations on the two applications. India is heavily invested in the Oxford, AstraZeneca, and Bharat Biotech vaccines both of which are being manufactured in large volumes here. shield and Covaxin don't require super cold storage temperatures and are likely to be significantly cheaper than the mRNA options. The SEC was also supposed to take up a request by the Indian arm of the American drug giant Pfizer to waive clinical trials for its mRNA vaccine candidate, which has not been tested in India. However, the government said that the company has requested for more time. A day after a Dalit youth was found dead in Uttar Pradesh's Fatehpur, police on Wednesday arrested two persons on charges of abetment of suicide. The victim, Dharampal Devakar, lived in district's Malwan area. His family said that he had committed suicide after being thrashed by the accused for plucking leaves from their mango tree. No suicide note has been found. Fatehpur SP Satpal said that on the basis of the victim's family's complaint, the police have lodged an FIR and arrested two persons. Investigation of the case is still on. The arrestor have been identified as Noor Muhammad and Salman. Police are conducting raids to trace Noor Muhammad's brother, Ashikali, who's also an accused. As per the police complaint by Dharampal's father, Rampati Ridawakar, his son was plucking leaves from a mango tree on Tuesday and feeding his goats when the accused arrived and started thrashing him. The police said that later, family members found Dharampal hanging from a hook in a storeroom. On Rampati's complaint, an FIR was lodged against Noor Mohammed, Ashikali, and Salman under relevant sections of the Indian Penal Code at the Malwan police station. The police also invoked the SCST Act against the accused. Now, back to the homegrown stuff from NewsLaundry.com. In the latest episode of Anil Hafta, the panel discussed the new COVID strain, Republic TV facing penalties in the UK, and Rajnikanth's adventures in politics. Do check it out. And here's a short snippet from the conversation. Republic Bharat, which is a channel, an Indian channel by Arnab Goswami, our favourite whipping boy, which was fined uh, £20,000 in UK. I mean, the channel that distributes for hate speech. So it's fined over there. But in India, it is amongst the most popular. It is one that is patronised by brands and the government. And you find a lot of people saying they do great work. No, the same speech same. Same program here gets bypassed. Yeah. The government doesn't take people any action. People won't even bat an eyelid. <laughs> Calling Pakistani mm. terrorists is just—it's—it's it's an everyday thing. Not Every, even like yes, <laughs>
1: mm. it's not just uh, Arnab who does it. I mean, why do you go so far? There are I know of and I know of non-resident Indian of of Indian origin people in this country who actually believe that um, that arnab goswami was unfairly treated by the by, by what's called ofcom the office of uh, the office of communications the, the the media regulator in this country they believe that and, and you may have seen my, my my sort of twitter thread about it when i posted a message about this saying you know arnab goswami got, got his come up in, thanks to ofcom's impartiality in this country the feedback I, the, the pushback i got from many people on this whatsapp group of educated doctors was to say that what right has, 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 have, have the British got to, uh, to to tell off Arnott Goswami when the BBC itself is partisan and, and communal. And the evidence for the BBC's communal nature is the fact that they don't report Diwali as much as they report Christmas. But but the, but the funny thing is they do report Diwali. Every uh, Diwali time, the ad, on the day of Diwali, the news coverage is all about how Diwali was celebrated, how the lights came on in Leicester, in South Hall, in Birmingham, in London, the big parliamentary uh, Diwali celebrations and so on. Then, then the next complaint is that, oh, they took the wrong side of the debate when it came to the caste e- equality bill in this country where the government had a consultation on whether caste should be included as one of the qualifying criteria for the Equalities Bill, the Hindu community in this country protested at that, saying, no, 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 there is no caste in Hinduism at all. It doesn't exist. And finally, it was was dropped because of the amount of noise that was made. They dropped it and said that existing legislation provides for that, and therefore we don't need to include caste in it, like race and gender and so on. So that's their evidence of BBC's impartiality. So Arnab Goswami is now actually a hero for having shown two fingers to the, to the British regulator. But the fact that he's paid a £20,000 fine and the fact that he's apologized for it is completely by the by. So that's the level of, that's the level of, of, of penetration of people like say, Arnab Goswami and his, and his ideology.
0: Before I wrap up, listeners, our new website has a new podcast player that you can use to access all our podcasts. It includes a host of features like download, speed control, cue, the ability to skip to a particular topic within an episode and even start from where you had stopped the previous time. So please go to our website, newsdonry.com on your phone or your laptop and click on the mic icon at the top right of our homepage. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. Also, have a great new year. We'll see you in 2021.